go for a little ride. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Let It All Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Fast and Furious 2001, the action film directed by Rob Cohen, written by Gary Scott Thompson, and written uh, and screenplay by David Ayer. First installment in the first uh, of, sorry, of the Fast and Furious franchise with starring Paul Walker, uh, the late, great Paul Walker. We have Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Dordana Brewster, Rick Young, Chad Lindenberg, Johnny Strong, and Ted Levine, among many others. This follows Brian O'Connor, the undercover cop who is trying to infiltrate the underground racing scene um, led, led by uh, Dominic Toretto, which is uh, played by Vin Diesel. And so... I didn't want to give too much of the the plot away just in case you haven't seen the actual plot uh, or you haven't seen the actual Fast and Furious film 2001. I got to say, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think that it's clearly, uh, I'd say it's a B-action racing movie, but it's trying to hit on all the cylinders as if it isn't, you know, got the money of a hundred million dollar movie. Uh, franchise already and that's just in the first one this is a 38 million dollar budget in this first um in the first movie music by uh uh brian wayne transoon he's a uh like a, a an american dj and stuff like that um cinematography eric erickson core gotta say that each of these franchise movies all have kind of their own craft to them now i was saying that i wanted to go back and watch the first three fast and furious and figure out what was making them tick after the fourth movie i was trying to figure out why did the first and second one in my opinion not land with a all right now we gotta watch the next one now we gotta have the next one now we gotta have the next one so without going into too many spoilers the first three Fast and the Furious movies are almost soft reboots of each other. So the first one was the opening of the Fast and Furious world. It's this underground uh, criminal organizations slash car racing slash, um, you know, crime ring kind of going on. And it's Paul Walker trying to uh, infiltrate that world. And that is all happening in the the EDM 90, late 90s landscape of uh, L.A. and I think Vegas, like Vegas West. Um, in the second Fast and Furious, it is replacing the family that we learn about in this first uh, first movie, and we completely replace family with Tyrese Gibson in Too Fast, Too Furious. And so Too Fast, Too Furious um, ended up, I think they had doubled the budget. I just kind of want to talk about Too Fast real quick just so that you can kind of get some comparisons. Um, Too Fast was more of an urban Latin hip-hop styled movie with almost the same beats as the first one. Um it is done on 
double the budget. It was a $76 million budget as opposed to the 38 in the original. Um, the cinematography, Matthew F. Linetti, David Arnold did the music, and it was directed by John Singleton, and even has different writers, Michael Brandt and Derek Haas. Um, so yeah, there is a completely different flavor. Uh, John Singleton, known for you know, best known for Boys in the Hood, um, among many other movies. Uh, so there is the first one. You got the EDM racing underground vibe. The second one, you get the more urban Latin hip hop vibe. Um, I just never felt like I understood the second one until watching them all back to back to back. Now I've watched the first one, second one, and I'm about to finish the third one. So I can kind of give a a little roundup of the third one as well. The third one, the third Fast and Furious is a complete reboot of the entire franchise from the first one. They thought that Paul Walker was too old, um, from what I found, uh, I think it was like Wikipedia or something like uh, Wikipedia or IMDb. Don't take this with a grain of salt, but I'm pretty sure they were said that Paul Walker either didn't want to return or he they thought he was too old to be um, in the third movie. And by that point, it was five years later from when they had originally had the first movie. Um, so that was uh, about, I think Tokyo Drift ended up coming out in 2006. So they were probably filming in like 04, 05. And, uh, yeah, they apparently said Paul Walker was too old, so they ended up doing a full recast. Almost nobody from the original was in this uh, this Tokyo Drift. And once Tokyo Drift came, came out, it got very mixed reception. Um, there are what feel like low stakes the majority of the time I'm watching Tokyo Drift. Uh, Justin Lin... I believe was the director for the third movie for Tokyo, for um, Tokyo Drift, but it also sh- uh, follows Sean. Uh, instead of following Brian O'Connor, we're following Sean Boswell. Uh, Boswell. Um, let me see what uh, Sean Boswell always feels like an outsider, but declares uh, sorry defines himself through victories as a street racer. Um, his hobby makes him unpopular with the authorities and he goes to live with his father in Japan. So they, they completely exercise the, uh, the part of having any family in this movie and they replace it with Sean Boswell, who has very minimal family and his family really doesn't seem to like, like him that much, to be honest. This was done on an $85 million budget, which gave him about 10 extra more million more dollars. Um, Cinematography, Stephen F. Winden, um, Justin Lin directed, written by Chris Morgan. Once again, you can see this is still not consistent. All of these people, new director, new writers, new um, cinematographer, even the music. I don't see the music. Music by Brian Tyler. Was he? he I think that's the same guy in the first one. Is Brian Tyler the same thing as BT? Sorry, I'm assuming it's the same guy. But I guess Brian, Brian Wayne Trousseau. Oh, no, it's a different guy. Both named BT, though. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, the reasons that everything's going so, you know, haywire at this point is, or, sorry, the reason that each one of these 
are inconsistent because we don't have the same people behind any of these movies. It feels like, if anything, it might be some of the producers, but, it, I mean, none of them seem to have any of the same consistent uh, writing. So the first three movies of the Fast and the Furious films all are trying to get the franchise started. Um and by the third one, they needs to be just like kicking it off, to be honest. So let me go back to the first uh, Fast and Furious to kind of rewind where we are in our headspace. Um, yeah, I like the look. I like the, uh, the the texture of the composition of what's happening in the movie, um, the original Fast and Furious 2001. Um, let me talk about anything else that we need to know. Um, hmm. So, so yeah, um, it looks like we are going to talk about the, the length. I think the first three movies all are the same length. I'm kind of just rounding them all up in the same way because I'm hoping if everybody's listening to all the podcasts, they'll be like, all right, so we'll get all the information from all of them. Um, so they're all about. The first three, at least, they're all about an hour 45. Um, let me see what else I have from the Twitter feed notes. I took, I did like a, a live watch, watch along on Twitch, sorry, Twitch, on um, Twitter. So I, I say feeling uh, in, on Twitch, sorry, on Twitch, I keep saying Twitch, on Twitter. Um. Feeling the 01 vibe hard. Loving the practical stunts. Is it me or is there a ton of voiceover in this? They've definitely got those sound effects turned to 11. That's just my initial thoughts of the beginning of uh, Fast and Furious. I, it's a little rough to begin with, but once it gets going, it uh, really shows out. And I think that the pacing is what is the most... Uh, the best part about it. I never feel like I was bored at all. Despite some of the writing being, you know, just okay to subpar at some parts, I thought that it's generally delivered um, pretty well. And Vin Diesel, you know, has just was born to play this part. Um, so I am going to talk about uh, spoilers of Fast and Furious 2001. Thank you for listening, watching Luckadell Podcast, patreon.com slash Luckadell Podcast for full podcast. Um, check out all the other social medias in the description. Thank you for listening, watching Luckadell Podcast, and here is the spoiler section for Fast and Furious 2001. On a deserted highway, a heist crew driving three modified black fifth generation honda civic coupes assault a truck carrying electric goods steal its cargo and escape into the night so i love how this is opening up with what the actual heist is but we have no idea to what extent what's going on um we do see what's being packaged. They're like really shitty DVD players and stuff. like. I, I guess some sort of the goods are being packaged, I guess, in there. Um, and there's some underground crime ring going on, especially with the packing plant. There's somebody, some dude there is definitely into it, too. Um, so I love how we're not immediately told who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. So we everyone's got masks on, so we don't exactly know who's what's happening at first. Um, the following day, a joint LAPD and uh, 
FBI task force sends LAPD officer Brian O'Connor undercover to locate the crew. He begins his investigation at Toretto's Market, ordering his regular tuna on white, no crust and flirting with owner Mia, sister of the infamous street racer Dominic Toretto. While Dominic ostensibly sits back in the office reading a newspaper, Dominic's crew, Vince in a 1999 Nissan Maxima, Leon in a 95 Nissan Skyline in a GTR R33, Jesse in a 95 Volkswagen, uh, Jetta GLS, and his girlfriend Letty arrives. Vince, who has a crush on Mia, starts a fight with Brian until Dominic intervenes. I find it interesting that everyone's introduced in this this plot synopsis on Wikipedia with what they're driving as well. Honestly, as much as driving-centric as the first three movies have been watching them, they don't really talk too much about the cars. It's more about, like, driving the cars, not so much... Uh, I mean, so, they talk about, like, oh, in a couple of lines... Um, oh, it's got one of those turbo double something engines, double spring with a hand split on the left. And you're like, oh, shit, that sounds pretty hot. But other than like a line or two, we really don't have a difference in between, you know, what's faster. Is the Volkswagen Jetta faster than the Skyline or is the, you know, the Eclipse faster than the Mazda? It's like n- the brand names aren't exactly the important part of the series. That night, Brian brings a modified 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse to an illegal street race, hoping to find a lead on the heist crew. Dominic and his 93 Mazda R7 uh, initiates a drag race between himself, Brian, and two other drivers. Lacking funds, Brian is forced to wager his car. Dominic wins the race after Brian's car malfunctions, but the LAPD arrive before he can hand over his vehicle. Brian in his car helps Dominic escape, but they accidentally venture into the territory of Dominic's old racing rival, gang leader Johnny Tran, and his cousin Lance Wynn, who destroy, destroy Brian's vehicle. Um, so I got to say that uh, seeing the different factions of uh, the racing crew, first of all, the first Fast and Furious has very interesting racial uh, segments is what I'm going to call. It's like they show a lot of different, uh, they show diversity on screen, but the diversity of the drivers, everyone's still like separated. It's like all of the Japanese people are in a section, all of the Latin people are in a section, all of the black people are in a section, all of the white people are in a section. Oh, and well, Brian's kind of like the guy that can like mingle with everybody. He's cool with everybody, I guess. Um, or he's able to kind of like bounce, kind of bounce around in there. Um, but uh, he's supposed to be the everyman, everyman proxy, which I think that uh, Paul Walker does a pretty, pretty good job. I might have a hot take that might say that Paul Walker would have been a completely different actor if he didn't have just stellar good looks. Cause he, He's so distracting almost with looking that good that it's, I don't know if it, it's not like it takes away from his acting, but it's it's like, I, I, I don't know if I would ever believe someone that good looking would ever react in that certain way or even be in some of these situations. Um, he's, he's almost too good looking, if that's, if that's point, if that's a, possible. Um, 
Johnny Tran and Cousin Lance, they're fun. Um, they're fun to watch. I do feel like there is kind of a repeat in the villains section of the first three uh, uh, Fast and Furious. The second, without going into too many spoilers of the second movie, the second movie doesn't have uh, Johnny Tran, but it has um, uh, this guy named, hell, I don't even remember what his name was. He was the Cuban guy. Cole Hauser, who I'm pretty sure is not Cuban, um, American actor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's. This guy's playing an Amer- uh, uh, a Cuban, like, criminal mastermind or something like that, and he's just not nearly as interesting, in my opinion. I feel like the the cast shifting is not as interesting with uh, not having Johnny Tran in there. But uh, that was just me. Just found Johnny Tran uh, to be more interesting as a uh, an, an antagonist. So, anyways, we are continuing on. Uh, Johnny Tran and Lance uh, destroy Brian's vehicle. Later, Dominic reiterates that Brian still owes him a 10-second car and then walk back to Dominic's house and, where an altered between Vince where there's an altercation between Vince who is upset that Brian is at the house and Dominic breaks out um so Vince it this is like one really long night of everyone just like hanging out Paul Walker just hanging out with the whole crew figuring out what the the criminal underground mastermind organizations are working like um I did want to talk about the cinematography of how they show the street race. I thought them showing NOS and everything, it's it's clearly got like older special effects, but I still feel like I was like engrossed in in Paul Walker actually driving. And I, you know, for a second I was like, holy shit, he, you know, this was a really good ass race, especially for being the first in the franchise. I feel like the first race was really good. There was maybe one or two in the second one. And there's a third one where the stakes are really high in the third movie that is really, uh, really fun to watch. Um, so let me continue on. Um, so yeah, Paul Walker owes Dom a 10 second car. Brian brings a damaged 94 Toyota Supra to uh, Dominic's garage as a replacement. Dominic and his crew begin the long process of restoring the vehicle, and Brian starts dating Mia. Um, he also begins investing, investigating Tran, um, convinced that he is the mastermind behind the truck ha- uh, hijackings. Um, while investigating one garage at night, having driven a 99 Ford F-150 SVT Lightning, Brian is discovered by Dominic and Vince, who demand an explanation. Um, so, Brian, okay, so I did look at the timestamp. It is not clear that he is a cop until like 30 minutes into the movie. So, not only do we not know who is hijacking the truck, we also don't know why Brian is even hanging out with these people. Um, if you didn't know what the trailer if if you hadn't seen the trailer my guess is that you would honestly think brian was just interested in mia for the longest time and so um 
yeah, he is undercover. We find out he is undercover. And there's this one part where he's kind of busted while he's trying to do some undercover investigation by Vince and Dom. And that those two guys would be the last guys I'd want to be found by in a dang uh, parking uh, parking lot at night like that. And I definitely do not feel like they, anything that Brian says is an explanation for him not to be a cop. And I think Vince knows that as well. Vince is kind of hot-headed, but he's not completely stupid. Um, Brian convinces them that he is researching his opponent's vehicles for upcoming desert race wars, which is just, that sounds so stupid. There's no way that anybody would ever believe that. And Dominic says, well, are you going to go check everyone's cars? Um, so together, the trio investigate Trans Garage, discovering a large quantity of electronic goods. And I definitely think that Almost electronic goods are almost pushed to the side. It's like, I don't even think that the electronic goods are such a subset of what is important to this movie. It's just the fact that they're criminals and they're jacking um, stuff right off the highway from tractor trailers. It's not, you know, it's not really about the electronic goods. I kind of wish they were jacking car parts. I felt like that would make a little bit more sense, but maybe that's too on the nose. Because it's not really clear what they're doing with, they may be selling those electronic goods of some sort. Maybe I'm not. I'm not really sure. It's not really ever explained, or explored. Um, Brian reports the discovery to his superiors. Tran and Lance are arrested while the Toyota Superior is restored and built. The raid fails. However, when the electronics are proved they have been purchased legally, Brian is forced to confront his suspicion that Dom is the true mastermind. Brian is given 36 hours to find the heist crew as the truckers are now aiming themselves, uh, sorry, arming themselves to defend against the hijackings. The following day, Dominic and Brian attend race wars after test driving their newly built Superior and eating at a crab shack off Route 101 in uh, California Highway 101. Um, I don't know why all this is so detailed and important. At Race Wars, Jesse wagers his father's MK3 Volkswagen Jetta GLS against Tran and his Honda S2000. Um, I do want to point out that Brian, I think, asked Dom in that previous scene if he can get in on the act, the quote-unquote action, a.k.a. the, the heists. He doesn't know how Dom is making all of his money at this point. And it's kind of unclear how much time has passed. I feel like they said Race Wars was going to be in three weeks. So I feel like they might know each other for a month. Um, anyways, uh, Jesse wagers his father's car and flees after he, he loses the race against Tran. Tran demands Dominic recover the vehicle and accuses him of reporting him to the police. Enraged. Dominic beats up Tran. And this is the part where you're like, oh, shit. This is just like what they had been predicting. They had been talking about, oh, shit, this guy's going to, um, you know, what? Uh, Dominic has beat the shit out of somebody nearly to death. And you find out later that that was the guy that uh, caused his father's death, um, which, you know, that would be kind of, uh, that'd be kind of shitty, not going to lie. Um, so later that night, Brian witnesses uh, Dominic and his crew leaving realizes that they are the jackers, that they are the hijackers. He reveals his true identity to Mia and convinces her to help him find their crew. Dominic, Letty, and Vince and Leon attack a semi-trailer truck 
intending it to be their final heist, of course. It's always the final heist. Just one more heist. The armed driver shoots Vince and Letty runs off the road. I uh, Just getting off the highway, like not like a couple hours ago, those cars would have to be so low to get under a tractor trailer or they would have to jack that tractor trailer up and uh, for that to be able to go under a tractor trailer. So I was just like, holy shit. So this is when things do get crazy in the Fast and Furious universe. I th- find it insane that they're like shooting the the windshield to remove the windshield. Like, I'm curious. I feel like in all of the hijackings we saw that we don't exactly see what happens to the driver. What is the driver getting killed in these? Is he like, what is going on with the driver in these scenarios? I, I, I do have a question because the drivers are like got a shotgun up and they they ready to rock. So, um, yeah, seeing Vince jump onto the tractor trailer while I was going crazy, it's like, oh shit, this is some legit shit. Um, and so we're gonna have to lead to assume that the you know we saw the crew family doing all this hijacking at the beginning of the series um so yeah uh brian arrives brian arrives uh, so the arm driver shoots uh vince and runs letty off the road i thought letty would be done after being in a car wreck i wouldn't want to be in any of these car wrecks that are seen you'd be fucked for a long time Brian arrives with Mia and rescues Vince. He is forced to reveal his identity to call in emergency medical care to save Vince. And he's already told Mia at this point. She was pissed enough. I was actually surprised she would even help him. Dominic, Mia, and the rest of the crew leave before the authorities can arrive. Um, There's this scene when Vin Diesel is, you know, Dom finds out that, you know, Paul Walker is, Brian is a cop. And you literally think that this guy is going to to literally punch Brian so hard that his head might knock off. No joke. It's where you can really see the chops of Vin Diesel and why they would want to have this. You would, he would be a great guy to have as a friend and a terrible guy to have as an enemy. Uh, sometime later. Brian arrives at Dominic's house to apprehend him as he is getting his father's 1970 Dodge Charger um, or race type out of the garage. He demands Brian leave since he is not running, but he is going to rescue Jesse, Jesse, who has no one else to look out for him. Um, Instead, Jesse arrives at the house and pleads for protection. Tran and Lance ride on their motorbikes and shoot Jesse dead for reneging on their bet, hitting the Volkswagen in the process. (laughs) Hitting the Volkswagen in the process? Why is that even... (laughs) Whoever wrote this thought it was important to put uh, where the bullets sprayed. They they killed Jesse, and then they shot his father's car. <laughs> what the shit? Oh my gosh, that is uh that's gold. So on top of that, on top of the um the Johnny and Lance um you know spraying everybody in the uh in the family household, um as soon as Jesse's dead, okay, so most 
most movies or something like that would be like, oh, shit, Jesse's dead. There's like five, ten minutes of just like, oh, shit, realization. Nope. We need to go, go, go. We They turn on the EDM. Jesse's dead. It was like, what the shit? Jesse dies, and all of a sudden, like, the DJ hits that that mic drop, that, that straight beat drop. It was so fucking, like, jarring at first. I was like, there's something about this that I can't remember why it, it it doesn't land emotionally for me. One, Jesse was not that big of a character in this. Um, two, um, <laughs> you know, he he's more like a, a son figure, a light son figure to Vin Diesel and not so much like a, a great buddy to Paul Walker. He just seems kind of like, you know, part of the family. He... he it's he needed one or two more like tight scenes with the regular crew for us to really care about Jesse. We just kind of he's not. I don't really care about Jesse that much, so that's why I didn't really feel for him. Um, not not the actor's fault. Just I didn't feel like I felt like the writing could have served him a little bit better. Um, so they so they hit the Volkswagen in the process. Brian and Dominic give chase in their separate vehicles, finding and killing Tran and injuring Lance. Um, so I do find that this last little, uh, like, bit of chasing down, well, Vin Diesel chasing down uh, Lance, I bet they had several iterations of Vin Diesel just beating the shit out of him. Um, what, they, what they seem to have done is they let those individuals kind of pave their own way. Now, Tran, he literally shot and killed somebody, and uh, Lance sort of tried to do... Uh, Lance, I guess, shot too, but he didn't kill anybody, to my knowledge. Um, so it it was kind of just like, all right, Tran rides off the road, and Dominic's like, all right, he's good, and then drives to see what happens to Johnny, and Johnny is literally shot by Paul Walker at this point, where Paul Walker has to go then... Uh, you know, chase Dom. So I do feel like the confrontation of the very, con- the last confrontation of Johnny Tran and, um, you know, uh, what is his name? Lance. It's not, it's a little bit anticlimactic at first because I'm just like, ah. because ultimately we, we want to see Brian and Dom race again. And so once again, we find out, uh, you know, Dominic's, at that quarter mile, quarter mile at a time. Uh, so let me see. Finding and killing Tran and injuring Lance. Brian then pursues Dominic and then both eventually acquiescing to a, a quarter mile drag race. The pair barely cross a railroad before an oncoming freight uh, freight train passes which ends the race in a draw but dominic crashes his car into a truck injuring him um injuring him uh the car completely flips over and just for the record the car is demolished and so uh totaled uh brian ends up giving him his 10 second car um so let me see. Brian gives the keys to his own car to Dominic, asserting that he still owes him a 10-second car from their first race. Dom escapes in the Supra as Brian walks away. 
Um, in a post-credit scene, Dominic is seen driving through uh, Baja, Mexico, or Baja, California, Mexico, in a 1970s Chevy Chevy um, SS version. Uh, well, that's that's basically the Fast and Furious 2001. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that I need to state in this podcast. It was a fun watch. I understand why you would want to see this world more. It uh, it appeals to you know car enthusiasts and it appeals to movie lovers. It appeals to the action crime genre crowd. We we got all of that covered. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm gonna look. Okay, so. Yeah, my uh, tweets, my ever-ending tweets. I have some really, you know, funny screenshots. We got. Did you know uh, Hector is in this universe? Uh, you know, the Hector, the the Latin Hector that's in all all movies as Hector. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, I I love. Uh, I said uh, the first time they use Nos is pretty intense, even for two thousand one. I could definitely feel it, Mister Krabs. And I said, damn, he blew the, the car up he was wagering. The uh, the car he was wagering, I felt like, already got blown up by like 30 to 40 minutes in. Um, and I love how the cops get involved and everyone starts panicking. Like they just didn't go 147, sorry, 140 miles per hour. Um, which I said still adds a good sense of danger. Um... It would have been cool if they were, like, stealing bottles of NOS or something like that. I don't know. That just sounds like... Uh, stealing DVD players or something like that might have been popular back in the day. And sort of dates it in a way. Um, they also don't have... I don't remember if they have, like, cell phones. I can't... I don't think they really have cell phones in this. I can't believe they wait over 30 minutes to reveal the motives of Brian. Um, F1 was an excellent... Excellent introduction into the Fast Universe, picking up the likes of notable movies such as Point Break. The direction has rhythm, the characters are entertaining, and overall it feels like it should exist. Fast cars with fueled direction. Can't wait to see what happens in the second movie. Alright, Lucky Dog Podcast family. Thank you for listening watching Lucky Dog Podcast. I hope you have a good one. Let me know what you thought about the review and let me know what you thought about the Fast and Furious 2001. Thank you and take it easy. Also, let me know how I can improve because there's tons of things I can do to improve.